When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series. My name is Stuart Wright and regular listeners will know I've been the host of Britflix podcast since 2013. For new listeners who came in for the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 content, I've been a resident of Leighton for over 20 years and I'm proud to be part of a film festival happening right on my doorstep in East London, UK. Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 is a free four-day film festival and really has something for everyone of all ages who can make it to the birthplace of one of cinema's greats, Alfred Hitchcock. It runs from Wednesday 15th September to Sunday 19th September in outdoor and indoor venues along the Leightonstone High Road and across town. There'll be open-air film screenings in Langthorne Park and indoor events in Leightonstone Library, St John's Church, Phillybrook, Heathcote and Star, Nexus Centre, online and more. As well as films, there'll be talks, installations, trails and workshops. The Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series will be 10 podcasts in total. Nine are released on Friday 3rd of September. Each of those podcasts feature three or four preview interviews with the filmmakers and or film organisations taking part in the four-day event. A 10th podcast will be released late September look back on highlights from Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021. The show notes include the names of the guests and organisations featured in this episode, links to the main Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 website, as well as links to specific parts of the programme that feature in this episode. That includes the what, the where and the when. It just needs me to say, on with the interviews and enjoy this episode of the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series. Who are you and who or what do you represent? Well, uh, yeah, good morning. Thank you for having us. Um, my name's Katie Dale Everett and I'm one half of Quebec Films. And I'm Rebecca Dale Everett. Um, so we're actually twin sisters um, working together um, under our umbrella name, Quebecca. And yeah, so my background is in choreography. Um, I did a choreography degree at Falmouth University um, in well, graduated in 2014, so a few years ago now. And um, we it's a really interdisciplinary course and I uh, did a dance and screen module. And I um, I just fell in love with thinking about how dance can kind of exist in different forms, whether that's live or in a kind of more documented um, set way and how that made uh, audiences engage with work in, in very different ways and come together in different ways. Um, and Rebecca's background, um, she did a a film degree at UCA Farnham so but actually she started dancing before me so we've had this we've sort of grown up in a very um kind of arts loving family and um, we're fortunate enough to do lessons um in dance when we were younger and we just thought why not combine you know we both have a passion for, for film but from very different kind of um angles I guess and and with different learning or education into yeah. it um but we felt that we might as well try and make something happen together. And um, we actually got a random acts commission um, when we well when we just graduated, which was amazing as it helped us to um, kind of create our first short film together, but in a very supported way. What, what's, what's random acts? Um, it's a channel for a programme or short films. I think they've still got the website live mm-hmm. and there were some TV programmes, um, but we got it through Screen South. Um, okay. which are an amazing um, kind of support 
um, organisation for um, particularly with young emerging talent in moving into interactive work as well as um, an audio work more recently but um, we got it through through them so it was a scheme for 16 to 25 year olds I think mm-hmm. at the time um, and yeah so we created our first first film then and um, it did get acquired by Channel 4 for the Random Acts and we thought there's something there's something here with our um, kind of relationship and then from there, we um, we thought that film was about kind of some of the work that I was doing independently and our interest in um, kind of the digital. Mm-hmm. But we thought what, what's really important to us. And um, as we're a female-led team, we, and we're, you know, we're all going to get older, um, similar to kind of Nila, who's also part of um, Nathan Stone Love's film, we, we thought it's really important to look at what being older means how it's represented um and kind of I suppose to get people to understand that it's something we can't all escape and um we we don't uh, we're we're actually 29 so we're um on I guess the young well mid mid again to the (laughs) 30 in December um but it's it's kind of interesting to um yeah have these relationships with older women and, and to learn from them and to um both as individuals and artists to kind of see what the perspective of the um, older woman is. And uh, so now we're developing a, a mini series um, about older women's perspectives, um, in particular relation to dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, where, where our body of work sits brilliant, at the brilliant. moment. You might, you'll be, you'll be, you might be surprised to learn you're, you're my second in the space of a fortnight University of Falmouth person I've spoken to. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a podcast about the film Wilderness, which was a film done sort of in partnership with Falmouth University, where the students in the TV and film department or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, were working to all the heads of department on a feature film made made around, I guess, where the the university is. Oh, amazing. Yeah, a guy called, a writer called uh, Neil Fox is, uh, I think he's a professor there. Oh, I look it up. That sounds great. It's a, yeah, I, I really recommend the uni. It's really, um, I, I think it's so important to leave with the ability to connect with different um, kind of disciplines mm. and um, be able to have those kind of cross-sector conversations. And I think it really helps to instigate that from your, from learning. Um, so that's great. I'll check that out. What does Leighton Stone Love's film mean to you? For me, I've lived in Waltham Forest. Um, specifically in Walthamstow um, for the last three years. Um, And I've always felt like it's a borough that appreciates the arts and community. Um, So it's a lovely place to live. But being part of Latest Day in Love's film has been amazing for me to connect with other artists in the area and, you know, that do a whole kind of range of of film projects and art projects Um, Again, it's really important for us to connect with people of all different backgrounds and ages. And I think this does support people um, from all walks of life. Um, so it's it's great to be part of that. It's great to be part of a project that gets us talking to people in the community as well and getting them involved in art and providing opportunities for them as well. Um, and I guess connecting with venues um, is also a really important thing to do. Um, which helps us as you know our career and and also for the community to uh, to share stories. For me, it's it's a new opportunity for us because we do do um, outreach, so we lead dance workshops um, and and things around surrounding the films. Um, but it, it will be the first, I think so. I think I'm right in saying this: the first um, festival that we're part of that goes beyond just screening films or doing like a small bit of activity attached to it it feels um much more open and kind of broadening who might um come to to a festival that's about film but there might be other ways into it um so I think it's yeah it's about that for, for me I don't actually live um I live in Sussex but um obviously through working with Becky um or Rebecca sorry Rebecca's her professional name <laughs> but I know my sister is Becky so I mess up sometimes on that but um it's it's really great for me as well to have connections in in London um, and yeah to, to feel like there's a hub. But I think 
it's just fantastic um, over the, through the partnership with the Barbican to get to know about the different things that are happening in in the forest. And um, it, yeah, it feels like a privilege to be on par with some of work for a long time and and to be questioning what film can be in and how people might want that in their community. So I think it's um, it's the first time we're part of the festival, but it feels like it's. Um, it's not driven by like one head person who's been in the role for a long time and it's leading with their vision. It feels um, like there's many layers of kind of um, collaboration and discussion, which um, is something that I'm, what we're both finding is much more important to us to be part of. So um very excited about that. So what, what, what specifically will you be contributing to Leighton Stoneland's film? Um, well, we're actually doing um, two projects. Okay. Um, so our first one is called Map Memories. Um, and at the current stage when we're recording this, um, we're still in the kind of development stage where we're reaching out to the community and trying to find um, those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually the first time um, together that we've created a piece that isn't, I mean, as Case said, we've done outreach and things like that, but we haven't created a body of work um, that isn't a film that you'd go and watch you know, online or in the cinema. Okay, okay. Um, so we're we're hoping to hear, or we have heard from some uh, really amazing women, um, and we're hoping to hear from as many as possible um, from Wolfham Forest who have a connection to Leighton Stone, um, and that can be anything from you know a specific memory, or it might be a place that they worked, um, and everyone has a story, and if you give them a voice, they've all got an important story to tell, and. Our work is very much in the kind of documentary field. Yeah. Um, so we love talking to people and learning from people that have had so many different experiences in life. So we're hoping to hear from a whole range of people and um, talk to all these women and give their kind of story importance. And then we're going to pick two of them to work with collaboratively um, to create a, a poem about their memory connection to Leighton Stone mm. and then that would be used as a stimulus for Katie to create some choreography to um, which they're going to then perform live um, in the festival oh, and pop wow. up kind of at random places so yeah. <laughs> and like a flash mob of one person um, and their, their poetry will also be voiced by themselves as well um, so it's a chance to really to share Stories of individuals within the community. so 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 a cross between sort of a social like a social history document coupled with a snapshot of women's stories in the borough in Leighton now kind of thing exactly yes couldn't have said oh, it better yeah <laughs> like that description <laughs> um, yeah and we're not sure when where that's going to pop up yet and um, whether it'll be something that people uh, have as part of the program or whether it'll be more of a surprise um, mm. element. Um, and then additionally, we're working with uh, Nula, who we mentioned earlier, um, from Women Over 50 Film Festival yeah. to uh, create a movement um, exercise in between the screenings of her her films. Um, and I'm not sure what order the podcasts are going to say, um, if you haven't, if we become before Nula's work, um, then um, she makes... Uh, basically creates amazing programs of films um, that either have a woman over 50 as a lead in the film or as a um, lead creative making the film mm. and um, so there's many values that we share and we've done some uh, we've had well, lucky enough to have our work screened at her festival which is how we met um, and then since we've done some collaboration so we we actually did a virtual sort of version of what we're going to do at Leighton Stone Love's film um, with ELOP, which is East London Art Project, um, mm-hmm. where we did a, a yeah like a screening and then a, a movement exercise and then some more filmed um, and it seemed to work really well. So we're excited to see how it works in person. Um, and I think it's important to say that we're going to make it um, so that anyone that wants to take part can. So whether you need to sit down, you need to stand up, um, that you know we can we can adapt and and have that ready for that um, as many people as possible can take part excellent yeah. and it, and it's not about being you know an amazing dancer to contribute it's just about a community coming together and enjoying movement and um art and celebrating who we are so it should be hopefully a nice experience 
for everyone. <laughs> so, so the point the point being is to be to feel included, not not be a show off dancer. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means that make, means there's room for me then, at least. Exactly. Yeah. Come along. <laughs> Thinking outside of what you're you're doing specifically yourself, what aspects or specific event are you looking forward to most at Lane's Donald's film? And obviously, give give a, an example each. Well, um, I actually I watched the trailer for Bad Genius, um, which I thought looked really great. Um, mm. I think they're doing a screening of it with some food, which I always love food, so that's a, a great combo for me. I'm there straight away. Um, but I, I, well, I think um, the film just looks great. I think um, when I was at school, I would like, well, we both actually were quite very strict, hard revises, um, never really break the rules in life. So I kind of like that it's very different to what I do. Um, mm. But it's also a, a true story that's been, um, I guess, put into, I think, I, I obviously haven't seen it, but like a creative um retelling which is kind of what we do um with our work as well so i'm yeah looking forward to seeing how that's done and and hopefully meeting some people in a social environment um looks great yeah and i think for me i've um from a young age i've always loved storytelling um you know initially in creative writing and then film and then now my big love is actually um documentary and mm you know, approaching it in a creative way, but always having the human story at the heart of it. So I'm really interested in seeing the programme of documentaries made by local filmmakers, um, particularly young filmmakers, because especially in today, like anyone can make a film on their phone or, um, you know, take some pictures and edit it all together. Um, so it's it would be great to see kind of the up and coming talent and uh, especially any films about the local community always enjoy a bit of that. What is it about film that works so well as a shared experience? I think it's, um, we, were, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? And um, I, I think film is hopefully for most people, and not, not for everyone, something you get to experience from a really young age as a kind of easy way into um, learning about the world without necessarily having to, well, either go to a cinema or leave your own home. Um, and I, so I think it's a fantastic learning um, tool which maybe we take for granted too much um, but I think it's a well it depends on where you view it because obviously the pandemic's um, massively changed that as well as things like um, I don't know, open source gaming and um, kind of interactive digital content mm. um, but I think there's something really nice about sitting in a dark cinema and being able to cry and, not, and people not realizing that but maybe sensing like having a sense in the room that people were going through the same kind of experience as you. Um, but also, I think, well, it goes back to kind of my dissertation and research at uni again, but I'm, um, I think it's so interesting that there's that kind of world made that's a document of the film that's got all the experiences of the director and maybe the, you know, the actors in it. And then each person brings their own relationship and experience to that. But I think artists have become much more creative about how we continue that dialogue from not just watching the film and going home, but having space to digest that and um, kind of, yeah, see how people respond. So I think it's it's a super important thing to um, create conversation and, um, and to learn more about ourselves as well. Um, I love it, yeah. Yeah, I would agree, really. It's... Um... No matter what the story, I think there's always a way you can relate as a another human being. Mm -hmm. um, so I love the power to take you on a journey and completely forget about everything else. And like Kate said, you know, you're watching it with other people and we all bring our own experiences, but there's a level in which we can all relate to each other. Um, and particularly in a community, it's nice to watch a film um, and spark kind of conversations and you know, it's amazing what positive change as well can come out of watching film together. Um, so it's a lovely, lovely experience. And I really missed it um, over lockdown. So very much looking forward to, to going to as many events as possible during Latest Stainless Film. Now, um, I've, I've done over 500 podcasts and I think you're my first twins I've interviewed um, ah. in that time. <laughs> Certainly together anyway. How does that function as a creative collaboration compared to, say, collaborations with other people that aren't your twin? Is, is, is there a difference that you notice when you work together compared to 
working with other people? Definitely. I I would say so because we've because we've grown up together so close. We've we've obviously been influenced by a lot of similar things mm-hmm. and brought up to appreciate things um, in a similar way as well. So it's it's so lovely because we've both got our own things going on. You know, mm. we work independently, but when we work together, we're driven in the same way. And you know, you can just talk to each other so honestly about how you're feeling about stuff. And um we work in a very similar way. So I think it's it's a really fruitful relationship um, on, on that level. And it's it's fun as well. <laughs> um, you know, we, we do annoy each other at times, like I think any collaboration, but we always know that we're gonna get through it and there and it will work towards something really positive. So I, I think it is different working together as as twin sisters. Mm. I think um I'm sure that I mean, this can be established in any working relationship as well, if you have the right conversations. But there's um, a real flexibility, I think, in our, um, well, under Quebecer films as to who's kind of direct, going to direct and who's going to produce. Um, and so we're quite interested in being able to flip those roles around, depending on what we're working on next. Um, so I, I think, I don't know if that's necessarily a twin thing, but um, like Becky said, there's a real honesty in in that kind of approach um and and for me as well working um because I work freelance and run a couple of organizations um with different structures one with a team when we have funding one that I work completely on my own with and then this one and it's um so nice just to be able to come to a meeting in your in your dressing gown if you want like if you need to because <laughs> uh, it, it's just like a different like you know a, a different environment where you, we are professional but you can also have those moments where you can you know, meet in a a less um, you know, I don't know, business like way, um, which is which is really nice. And if people if people wanted to find out a little bit more about Quebec films, where where can they find out about you? Um, well, we're actually across um, social media um, under Quebec Films, um, so that's probably the best way to follow us. Um, we're trying to be more active on that at the moment, um, okay. particularly since we've just finished our latest film. Mm-hmm. Um, so will be coming out of a distribution plan for that. Um, so we're excited to be sharing uh, stills and things from that um, across social media. So, yeah, Quebec Films, um, which is actually a combination of our names, is how we came up with that title. I'd, I'd, I'd worked it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took us ages. We came up with all these names and then thought, why don't we just combine the two? And I, I think it works quite well. So, <laughs> Can you tell us what the latest film is? It's... Um, so it's part of the series about um, older women and their connection to dance. Um, and we collaborated with uh, an organisation called The Point, um, who are based in Eastleigh, and they run an um, uh, older dance company. Um, and we actually made a film in lockdown about uh, all the women, but we wanted to make a more kind of cinematic film about um, one woman, uh, one lady in particular, um, and they were all brilliant, but Jill or Jillian is our um, our contributor, and she was very honest with her life story. And I think it was actually the first time she'd thought about her career and her dance journey and how it affects her even today. Um, so it's a story about um, she started as a ballerina from the age of fourteen, and I think we all know as beautiful and lovely as it is as a dance um, it's very competitive and you're judged on your body and she always wanted to reach perfection and then that kind of level kept going up and up and up and up and seemed unattainable for her so it's kind of about the battle of loving something so much but also um, the kind of anxiety that she experienced um, and in the end she actually um she she moved away from dancing but in later life has found a way to dance that she loves um so it's ultimately a celebration and um, but the kind of journey that got her to where she is now and now she dances in her own way and she absolutely loves it and um it was such a rewarding experience and she's amazing like she just she's never improvised before and we did some improvisation on the sheet you know lots of cameras lots of people and she just gave it her all and you know throwing her leg up in the air it was amazing um yeah. so yeah it's very we feel so privileged to be able to be given someone's life story and they hand it to us and obviously we work with them but 
we have kind of creative control and um, I think she's really happy with what we've produced but it's um it's a brave thing for her to do I think um but Mm -hmm. she's excited for us to get it out in the world too so hopefully people like it (laughs) yeah good luck with the uh with getting that out there and uh, good luck with your uh, contribution to Langston Loves Film. And it just gives me to say thank you very much for giving you time on the Britflix podcast. Um, our pleasure. pleasure. Really enjoyable talking to you. And um, yeah, we look forward to hearing the other um, episodes you're making for the series. You are listening to the Langston Loves Film podcast series. Langston Loves Film returns for a third year from the 15th to the 19th of September 2021. Across four days, Leightonstone in East London will be host to a variety of free events brought to you by local filmmakers and film organisations. Let's get back to the interviews. Who are you and who or what do you represent? Um, I'm Helen Taylor and I represent Stories and Supper which is based in Waltham Forest, and we've been around since 2017. And what is Stories and Supper? So we're an organisation that works with refugees, asylum seekers, and local residents, and we bring people together to challenge some of the negative narratives around migration. So we were formed in 2017 when there was a lot of kind of noise around in the media and in sort of political dialogue about the facts, you know, that there were it was this refugee crisis and there was kind of a lot of talk about Calais and we just thought that there was actually you know other stories that needed to be told really not just these stories that we were hearing that we're still hearing in the in the media and in political discourses so we've tried to find creative ways to bring people together and challenge challenge those narratives and to make people who newly arrived here feel feel more welcome what an incredibly positive thing to do thanks (laughs) What what does um what does Leighton Stone Loves Film mean to you? Leighton Stone Loves Film, we took part in the first one and it's just um it's a, a new way of us thinking about what we do in a way, and a new way for us to share narratives because we've not, you know, we weren't originally film-based, we're not kind of a film organization. We normally share stories and we share food. But the first Leighton Stone Loves Film, we were able to share a film that had been made about one of the refugees involved in Stories of Supper. Um, and it was just great to to tap into that kind of whole creativity and community event that was going on. And that's, you know, something that we're looking forward to doing again, to actually kind of meet new people, to bring the stories that we share to a new audience and to just be part of something that's kind of really a celebration of that kind of creativity and community sort of impulse in, in the borough, really. Well, that's a lovely segue for me, Helen. Uh, what are you going to be contributing to Leighton Stoneland's film? During lockdown, we normally meet on um, Saturday mornings at Gnome House and we mm-hmm. have workshops where we share stories, we do drama, poetry, we have fun. And during lockdown, we were really concerned that we didn't just kind of stop working because the people that come to our sessions are, you know, were already marginalised to a large extent before mm-hmm. COVID. And obviously, the pandemic has affected them, you know, quite severely. So we carried on meeting on Zoom all the way through on Saturday mornings. And a kind of sort of handy side effect of that was that we managed to record all our sessions on Zoom. So we recorded everything we were doing. Um, And we made some videos while we were doing that. So we recorded um, a poem that we wrote as a group with Joelle Taylor, who's Mm -hmm. a local spoken word artist. Yeah. Um, So we recorded our group poem called Together Apart and made a film of that, which we released on YouTube. And we also um, recorded various other stories that we told together with Phosphorus Theatre, who were a theatre company um, made up of former unaccompanied asylum-seeking children. Okay. Uh, we did some work with them and released some, uh, recorded some videos, some stories about waiting. So the stories about waiting were about people waiting for the lockdown to end, but also mm-hmm. waiting for their asylum claims to be sorted and for their kind of leave to remain to be granted. Um, so we're going to be showing some of those films. And also, I mean, we've, you know, we recorded so much. We recorded cookery videos and everything else over over lockdown. We've got people to cook the recipes that they've sort of produced in a book we, we made for Borough of Culture. So possibly we'll show some of the cookery videos as well. So yeah, we got a kind of whole body of work and we just thought Leighton Stenhouse Films is a perfect place to share some of that work that we 
wouldn't have produced probably if it hadn't been for lockdown. So it was kind of a happy side effect, really, of not a very <laughs> nice pandemic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. What a happy accident yeah. to come out of, uh, like, your necessity then creates a future yeah. that, that other people can enjoy that wouldn't necessarily have been able to take part at all. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been something we would have recorded otherwise. We'd have probably, you know, done maybe written things or, you know, had stories that we would have told at events. But because of because of the restrictions of COVID, you know, we, we decided to record things and and sort of put do some, have some output on YouTube that people could kind of still connect with us and and you know hear some of those stories. And yeah, it was it was kind of quite a quite a creative time, even though, you know, obviously very restrictive in lots of ways. It was it was interesting for us to go down some new avenues. And we were still able to collaborate, as I say, with people like Joelle Taylor and Jamana Moon, who's a local storyteller from Phosphorus Theatre. So it was really good for us to still have that kind of, those creative collaborations going on. Any hints and tips about doing that kind of collaboration over a Zoom call? Because it's obviously you're not in person. So how, how do you make, how do you help get people involved when it's a ultimately one-to-one all the time, even though you can see one-to-many? The artists that we collaborated with are people that we've collaborated with before. Mm-hmm. So we've worked with Phosphorus and Jamana and Moon and Joelle Taylor before. So those were pre-existing relationships. Got you. That we just kind of continued. As far as our participants, um, the refugees and asylum seekers, and then our local volunteers who joined, for our refugee and asylum seeking participants, one of our, the main barriers was people's data you know it's not not everybody had most people didn't have laptops lots of people couldn't afford the data so we we had to kind of subsidize people's data people often joined on the phones rather than you know on their they didn't have laptops so I mean basically the only tips I've got is that we just had to be really flexible and we had to not really care that much like our recordings you know they're not they're not kind of beautiful recordings. They're not kind of perfect yeah. recordings. You know, people are a bit shaky on the screen. and But in a way, we kind of think that sort of captures what was happening around the time. So, so yeah, we, we were flexible about the kind of um, the quality of the, of the, the technology and the recordings mm. and flexible about the needs of the people, um, our participants, people who are part of Stories and Supper, because it was more important to us that they kind of were able to connect and were able to kind of, you know, be part of it. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, we've seen on national TV, you know, media, great media, international media companies doing Zoom interviews with people that ordinarily they would have done in person and the audio's, you know, terrible, but it, you get the thing you need. So it's the, in, in, in when it needs must, it's sort of, it, it, uh, it can be enough. Yeah, and I think especially with our long poem Together Apart, the group poem we wrote, that was during the first lockdown. And, you know, there's lots of kind of sort of quite bad quality images and shaky audio. But I think it really summed up that kind of, you know, how that some of the words in the poem kind of really echo that kind of like how we were trying to kind of stay connected and stay together, you know, at that time. So it does is quite poignant to kind of look back on that and think, you know, how everyone was feeling then. Mm. And then, like you say, the happy accident of having of having made a record, it becomes something that becomes its own content going forward. Yeah, and that really helped because we're actually we got Arts Council funding to produce a book of writing, and so a lot of the writing is stuff that we produced during those lockdown workshops that we because we recorded them. I was then able to go and transcribe and kind of amazing, yeah, the poems and the stories, and then we've done more workshops since when we've been able to meet in person. So. So yeah, it was actually really good to think. Okay, well, all that all that work we did is still there. You know, we saved it all, so um, we can we can publish some of that. Outside of the work you'll be doing at uh, Lanestone Lovestone, what aspect or specific event are you looking forward to yourself? I know that we're um, part of a community showcase, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the other things that are going to be part of that community showcase because mm-hmm. it's nice to to sort of be able to to yeah to sort of share our work with with other other organisations in the community and by chance my um my son was actually took part in one of those other um sessions so the the work that's being done by um Lisa Fletcher and um her colleague that my son at Leighton Stone School took part in that so that's great because it's actually going to be going in the same he was at the thing that Esther did at the school. Yeah, with Esther Nelson as well. Yeah, with the with the animation. Oh, uh, wow. So he's taking part in that. So that's really nice because he's going to be part of the same community showcase um, as, as we are. But yeah, I'm just um, looking forward to discovering new things as well, I think, you know, to be surprised by 
like I mean, I remember last late in Stone and Love's film after our thing was all done, kind of going up into another screen and just being able to sit down and have a drink and watch something. So I'm kind of looking forward also to being surprised by something I'm not necessarily aware, you know, is going to is what what it's going to be just yet. So yeah, I think that'd be fun. And going, you know, also and um, just hanging out with with my kids there as well and sort of afterwards and seeing what you know what they want to. Fantastic, and and just as a more general point, what what is what do you think it is about film that that can sometimes be feel best when it's a shared experience? I think there is something really magical about that, you know, kind of thing of sitting down in a in a cinema or at a screen together, um, which is very different from this kind of like you know watching a film on your phone or you know the way that younger people do. Yes, they do. They <laughs> do. Me, that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they're sort of. I think I think it it is that kind of talking together about what you're experiencing and those kind of like shared memories. I mean, I still remember going to watch films with my, with my dad and, you know, we didn't see films like this by the sex, the same extent that people do now, you know, we weren't going to cinema every five minutes or Hmm. watching films all the time, but I, you know, I've got really strong memories of going to see Charlotte's web with my dad and my brother. And I think those kind of um, shared experiences they are kind of, you know, bonding. They bond people, you know, in their family, you know, if, with your family members. They're bonding in the community because it is, it is that live experience and shared experience that we've all missed really over the past year or so, which I think is very different from the solitary kind of viewing experience. And it is kind of how those, I say, like family memories or community memories or cultural memories are kind of established when you experience that kind of viewing together. The same as going to live theatre as well. You know, it's 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 being with other people and experiencing experiencing something together, I think is is important. And then finally, outside of the Leighton Stone Loves film, where can people find more information about what you're doing? So we've got um, our website, um, storiesandsupper.co.uk, which has information on. We kind of often put stuff on Facebook as well. Um, we'll be launching our new book in the before Christmas or in the autumn so people can watch out for events that we'll be doing we in the past we used to do a lot of supper club events which obviously we haven't been doing in the past 18 months but yeah. hopefully we'll have a supper club before Christmas um, and yeah we'll be sort of holding book launch events and other things so people can look out for us and um, find us on Instagram and Twitter as well so excellent well look that just gives me time to say thank you very much for joining us on the Britflix podcast Thank you. It's been great. You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series. Leighton Stone Loves Film returns for a third year from the 15th to the 19th of September 2021. Across four days, Leighton Stone in East London will be host to a variety of free events brought to you by local filmmakers and film organisations. Let's get back to the interviews. Who are you and who or what do you represent? Hi there. Lovely to be here with you, Stuart. My name is Priscilla Igwe and I'm from the New Black Film Collective. When did the New Black Film Collective begin? Well, New Black Film Collective started about 10 or so years ago. Yeah. We were originally an initiative that was um, put together via Film London mostly. Mm-hmm. And it was in, how do I say it? It was not a reaction, it was, oh, I can't think of the word, but it was in, in answer. Well, there's still an issue with black exhibition in this country. Okay. But there was a consultation done, and uh, in order to sort of counter that problem, there was a program called The New Black that was created and delivered. It was a cultural leadership program called The New Black, which is named after The New Negro, which was a renaissance period that came together in America by certain um, prolific African-Americans like Dubois um, uh, at the turn of the 20th century. If you, if you Google The New Negro, yeah. you'll find out about the origin of The New Black, the name. Anyway, it was a year-long cultural leadership program, about 15 of us. Um, and then afterwards, we looked at each other and said, we have to keep this network because it could be powerful. We need each other. It's not enough of us, you know, doing black film or festivals or programming. Mm. And so fast forward 10 years later, out of the 15, and maybe there's two or three originals left. <laughs> but I've recruited 
I sort of took the helm, I volunteered, took the helm and recruited uh, more people. And now we're around 40, 45 of us spread across the country trying to you know, bring black stories to screen. What's been one of your favourite sort of films or filmmakers to bring to screen? Oh, there's been so many and from different parts of the world. Yeah. Who I can remember in the moment, you know. So who's exciting me right now? Probably Michaela Cole. I think she's exciting me. She's really kicked the doors down. I know she's more TV, but, you know, we can imagine what things are, are in the pipeline for her film-wise, and the fact that she's writing, and the fact that she's bringing people with her, mm. you know, through her association, through the casting. And, yeah, it's exciting times for Black British stories, thanks to Michaela Cole. Mm. No, for sure, for sure. What does Lanestone Love Film mean to you? Straight off the bat, it means community. And I think, you know, at this stage of my sort of career in film, whether that be, you know, bringing films to audiences or trying to make films myself, I just, I just want it to be people-led and I just want to please people. So, yeah, I think Leighton Stone Loves Films does that. I think that's at the heart of what it's about. So, yeah, I really resonate with the, with the programme, with the events, with its purpose. Yeah, I mean, as, as I was saying to you before we started, you're, you're the 28th interview I've done with Partners at the uh, Leighton Zonos film. And I'm not sure many film festivals at this sort of scale could could boast so many different people contributing to what will be the content of the festival. Exactly. And this will be my first year. And I'm, I really feel honoured to have been invited on. So um, I'm, I'm quite excited. I just feel like this is back to my roots. This is, this is what I'm about. And it's nice doing events, you know, in places like BFI South, Bank or Barbican or whatnot to around the country, different art houses or even multiplexes, but to to be in the community spaces, to really, you know, I feel know your audience. Sometimes you can actually know them by name when you do screenings. There's yeah, it just feels familiar. It feels like you're you're presenting something to your extended family, and I, and it really warms my cockles, as it were. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Now, I know you've not got the title yet for what you're going to be showing, but do you want to talk about what you're looking to be contributing towards Leighton Stunders' film? Yes, well, I feel it's going to be topical. Mm-hmm. I've, um, it's a programme that I've curated already for Newham Council mm-hmm. and Newham, the borough of Newham, and that's um, Black Films Matter. And of course, it's the delight of George Floyd, um, but it's weird saying... That's because this has been a situation that's been going on forever. And I don't understand why George Floyd sparked this reaction in this country when it's from the US, when we have Mark Duggan and we have so many others who's have gone through terrible, terrible experiences at the hands of racist institutions. And I have personal experience seeing things happen to my family in this country. So yeah, black films matters, matter. Black films matter because black lives matter. Mm. And not to get too political right now, um, I feel film is a very, very useful vehicle to talk and discuss certain things. And it's just a light way to light touch way to educate people and hopefully open their eyes and get the discussion, get the dialogue open, open up dialogue so yeah black films matter i was going to say but, but i think i mean i think film film is always political in a way it doesn't matter whether it's overt or or covert it's it 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 always represents some form of politics doesn't it yes whether it be gender politics racial politics social justice or anything like that i mean we look at ken loach but you know people say he delves into poverty porn and i mean certain films right now i think Black audiences are, are, are being fatigued by trauma porn. So part, I was a bit, you know, I didn't really, I, I mean, two minds, you know, thinking about do I want to continue to project films around black trauma or do I want to turn to black joy and celebrate? Be normal, 
you know, instead of being extreme stereotypes, whether it's gangster films, you know, just, you know, slavery films, where we've been lynched or where we're hanged or, you know, we're mutilated in some way, or we're the victims. It's nothing worse than continually being the victim because you just start to believe in it and, and believe you're less than. So that's what we're trying to do. We're to correct that. We want to rebalance that. We want to revise history through films, films made by people who actually own their stories. So, yeah, that's the mission. What aspect of Leighton Stillman's film are you looking forward to? Be, obviously, being, a, being your first one to, uh, to contribute to. Well, I'm looking forward to, way, to different ways um, the other partners are going to enhance their screenings. Hmm. And I love that. I love, you know, when people really enjoy creating their enhancing whatever they're showing through different, um, through different platforms or in a cross-art sort of way. Hmm. Bringing different arts to people that maybe, maybe that have a chance to experience that art form whether it's visual arts, whether it's dance, whether it's music. And yeah, it's just opening doors. I'm enjoying, I'm going to enjoy seeing how the other partners open different doors for people, for audiences. That's going to be fun. And, and whereabouts will, will you be exhibiting your film? I believe I'm going to be at Laterstone Library. Oh, fantastic. That'd be nice. And I'm going to see if I can enhance my screening with a performance, maybe live poetry, spoken word or something, and have a panel afterwards. So yeah, just give um, real value to the night, hopefully. So so I guess the message is watch this space then? Most definitely. Let me see what I can cook in my kitchen. Now you've been exhibiting films, like you said, in, in, in uh, all over the place, you know, big places like the South Bank and like what you're going to do here with, with the library and stuff. Um, but what is it for you as someone who who programs and creates these kinds of experiences that what what does film do that works so well as a shared experience with other people? Well, it can be a cultural thing. And it tends to be with black audiences and brown audiences as well. Um, I say that to, to refer to South Asian communities, but for for people from African um African descent, African diaspora. Mm-hmm we tend to like to talk back to the screen. We tend to like to have a conversation, you know, and, got, you know, we live in a, in a reserved society. And I like those, that part of the British culture, you know, be quiet and still. <laughs> and I tend to go to the cinema by myself because I don't want to be disturbed, you know, no eating, no nothing, watch the film and be absorbed. But if I'm watching it in a community setting, then I enjoy people shouting out and, and people bursting into laughter and, you know, just getting that inside joke. So that's, that's lovely. I remember when I showed um, Girls Trip. Oh, my word. It was a riot. It was an absolute riot. And it just felt like it was mostly women. You know, ten, the audience tends to be 75% black women. And it just felt like, we were just set free for that night. We've got, we've got to be raucous. We've got to be, you know, loud and just, you know, express ourselves and just, and just laugh. And we got to see things through our gaze, female gaze. And if you don't know, the film stars, Jada Pinkett, Queen Latifah, and um, a couple of other ladies, the, the names have slipped my mind. Mm. But it's, it's a brilliant brilliant comedy and you know for once we're in charge and it's just you can't beat that because you know you you're used to the male sort of type version of it like the hangover and stuff like that but it was a, it was a more of a you know our road trip or our hangover and it was it was awesome it was free and it was liberating how can people find new black film collective outside of latest Donald's film if they're looking for you yes and most of our socials were at tnb FC, or just search for the New Black Film Collective, or the website is www.tnbfc.co.uk. Are you looking for black filmmakers, or, or are you hoping black filmmakers come to you as much as anything else? Definitely, yeah, because I've got fingers in different pies. I can, you know, put films in certain festivals, do premieres and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I am a 
interrupted filmmaker myself. Okay. But until I'm able to make films again, I want to build audiences. I want to make clear the route to markets. Mm. I want people to know that certain films are out, especially in the regions. So, um, yeah, please, if you have a film that you think would be, that would appeal to a Black audience, but, you know, I do cater for audiences of all backgrounds mm. as well. But it has to be somebody's priority, doesn't it? <laughs> so that's it's mine. Yeah, no, no, no. But I think I think what you say, so what you're saying is if, if, if you're a Black filmmaker and, and not sure how you might get your film to an audience, then you're a good place to come to to have that conversation. I think so. I can, you know, hopefully, I like to think of myself as a broker sometimes. Yeah. And introduce people to things. If I'm not able to help you directly, then I might know a person who can. Malcolm Gladwell called the mavens, didn't he? The people that connect people with people. Awesome. Yeah, that works. It just gives me to say thank you very much for giving your time on the Britflix podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And keep doing what you do, Stuart. It's fantastic. And it's so needed. That's it for this episode of Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series. If you've got time, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Leighton Stone Loves Film is produced by The Barbican in partnership with local residents and organisations and is commissioned by the London Borough of Waltham Forest supported by Arts Council England. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.